We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score is Chicago's number one sports station, an exclusive radio home for Super Bowl 57. Chiefs versus Eagles. Listen live. Super Bowl Sunday. Our coverage starts at 1 p.m. Kickoff at 5.30 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score! We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670, The Score. I'm really excited and honored to be now part of the San Luis Garden organization. I came here because I know that I knew the, the history of the team. I know this is a team that's looking forward to win and, and every, the whole organization is looking at one direction, just uh, to get back to the World Series. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, The Score. David Haw, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock, talking baseball. That was the voice of new Cardinals catcher, new Cardinals catcher, Wilson Contreras, talking about joining the Cubs' rival. And that was the second most significant addition to the Cardinals organization this offseason. (laughs) That brings us out to our guest hotline. Sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, was where we find Bally Sports Midwest's newest edition, Chip Carey, the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Good morning, Chip. <laughs> that was a very nice introduction, David, but you need to go easier on the Irish coffee this early in the morning. <laughs> but thanks, thanks. I'm very excited, obviously. Thanks for joining us. Let's just go with where, where this, how this all came about, Chip, because obviously – People in Chicago still remember you from the Cubs. You you had a very uh, nice niche that you carved in Atlanta as the voice of the Braves. Here you are, referred to in these stories, I think people forget this, St. Louis native Chip Carey, and now you are doing Cardinals games. Yeah, I, look, I grew up in St. Louis, went to high school there. Uh, I, I've said it many times, David, that uh, I'm of an era that remembers the 64 Cardinals starting lineup better than I remember the ABCs, and anybody who heard me broadcast Cubs games would certainly know <laughs> That's the truth. Um, but, you know, it is a homecoming for me. Uh, you know, I, I love my time in Chicago. Would have loved to have retired there. Uh, had an opportunity to stay, but the Braves called. They were interested in me, so I went to Atlanta and got to work with my dad and wouldn't trade the experience of being with my dad in his final years for anything. As you guys know, our family history didn't know Harry real well, didn't know my dad particularly well until I became an adult and a father and husband myself. And so those memories and those moments were priceless. And I made it very clear in Atlanta to the, the powers that be that I would love to stay. But when the St. Louis Cardinals call, 
uh, you have to listen. It's a gold standard place. And as I said, the place that uh, you fall in love with the sport is always a dream of yours to be a part of, whether it's a player or a broadcaster or a ticket taker, whatever. And uh, the, the uh, great honor of them having an interest in me, considering the circumstances, was uh, something I had to listen to. They called. I listened. And here we are with this uh, uh, sea change for our family and, and for, uh, for me and my career. And I couldn't be more excited about it. Chip, I'm really happy for you, as I told you when we uh, texted and shared some uh, thoughts after you got the job. And just knowing that you're Harry Christopher Chip Carey III, this was your birthright. Uh, obviously, um, talk a little bit historically about the fact that uh, you almost became a Cardinal broadcaster in, I believe it was 1994. Yeah, look, Bruce, this, these aren't sinecure jobs, right? This is not, I mean, I, I respect what you're saying and I appreciate that. I never approached my job as something that was owed to me ever. Uh, you know, I went out and worked hard and continued to do that and tried to do things my own way and prove pardon me that I'm not just somebody's kid or grandkid. Uh, look, I can't help the genetics. I can't, pardon me, help to whom I was born. Uh, I'm very grateful, quite obviously, for that. Uh, but I've tried to do it my own way, and love me or hate me, uh, you can't say that I'm not genuine. So that's first and, first and foremost. Secondly, yeah, I mean, my grandfather started there in 1945. I was born in St. Louis. My dad was born there. My grandfather was born there. My other grandparents lived their whole lives there. Uh, my mom lives out in suburban West County, uh, out, out in St. Clair, Missouri. I have aunts and uncles and cousins that are there. Uh, that's the place I, I was conceived after a game at Sportsman's Park, for crying out loud, if I did the math right. So, <laughs> uh, so um, you know, and you know, Bruce, when you, when you go into a place as a visiting writer or a visiting broadcaster, I, I can't speak about a visiting player, of course, but you either feel a great deal of comfort or not. And when I'd walk into that place, I always felt a tremendous sense of pride and connection, seeing the old pictures of my grandfather with Jack Buck and Joe Garagiola and seeing Bob Burns and Bob Brigg and seeing Rick Hummel. Uh, all of those guys were part of the fabric and fiber of what made that place feel like home, even though I wasn't a Cardinal in, in anything other than fandom. And uh, that's what made this transition for me, you know, easier because it wasn't easy to just walk away from from 20 years in Atlanta as I said I when I went there I dreamed of staying there my whole life um, but here we are and hopefully I'll be able to say the same in St. Louis and this will be the last stop for me as I'm definitely on the back nine of life as we all would say. Chip it's definitely in your blood it's also in your upbringing how did listening to Cardinals games on a transistor radio KMOX influence the kind of broadcaster that you became? I guess in some ways, guys, I, I take this as a compliment. People say I'm kind of a throwback, that they don't make them like people like me anymore. Um, and I, that's not in any way, shape, or form a criticism of today's generation of broadcasters. It's just who I am. It, you're exactly right. I listened to Jack Buck, Mike Shannon, Bob Starr, Ron Jacober, Jay Randolph. Uh, those were the voices of my childhood. And, and that, that's the great thing about our job is that that's what people have said in Atlanta. You know, I grew up listening to you. And that's, that's a great, great compliment. Uh, the thing about Cardinal baseball that was always so different is um, they celebrated the game itself as much as they celebrated their players and their team. And you guys can can uh, remember this. If a, if a Cub would come to town and make a great play, they'd applaud the great play because they appreciated the art and the craft of playing the game. When it's played well, they appreciate it. When it's not played well, they let you know. They're very knowledgeable, very passionate. And as you said, they've had, uh, as uh, William, Wilson Contreras said in the, the opening uh, quote, 
know, that's a team that's expected to get to the World Series every year. And that's that's what drives them. That's what makes it fun because, you know, you're in, you're out. You're going to have a lot of great storylines to tell. And uh, like Atlanta, uh, going to St. Louis feels very comfortable. And I hope that'll be the case in 23. How has Chip Carey evolved as a broadcaster as the game has evolved around him? Uh, you starting out you know, broadcasting Orlando Magic games for 10 years, sure. the baseball, Seattle, and now uh, you know, with metrics and a different way that people look at games. How has that impacted the way that you broadcast, Chip? Well, I think you have to adapt or die, right? Uh, look, I don't consider myself to be the conscience of baseball. I'll let other people uh, give themselves that moniker, if you will. Uh, I can neither change nor affect the way the game is played. There are things about it that I like and, and very much dislike. But ultimately, I think my job, Bruce and David, is to talk about all the things that are great about the game. If you keep crapping on your product, people are going to be turned off and not want to consume it. Do I like all the analytical bent in the game uh, to the extent that it is? No, I don't. I, I, I don't think it served the game well. And I think the reflexive nature of baseball and the way it's changing to counteract that stuff proves that uh, the old ostriches in the sand like me were in some ways right. I'm in no way, shape, or form anti-analytics. Analytics are nothing more than information. But when that information supersedes what's happening on the field and what your eyes are telling you, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Um, that said, uh, you know, I, I think we're seeing in our game uh, younger, better, more athletic players doing things at younger ages than we've ever seen before. And when you think of uh, the Dansby Swansons and the William and Wilson Contreras's and the Ronald Acuna's and the Ozzie Albies and the, you know, uh, Julio Rodriguez out in Seattle's of the baseball world. We're in a golden era. Let's embrace it and enjoy it. And at the end of the day, if it's uh, 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 an old uh, ostrich like me or old dinosaur like me or a, uh, you know, guy that lives in mom's basement with a computer and the slide rule, as long as we all enjoy the game of baseball, who cares how we get to the end result? And uh, live and let live, I say. But, uh, you know, as Harry said, if you can't tell the great players on the field just by looking at them, you probably ought to be doing something else. Talking with Chip Carey here on Inside the Clubhouse, David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. All right, Chip, so you mentioned Dansby Swanson. We know how uh, you have a, a respect for Dansby from a relationship, obviously covering him with the Braves. You go to St. Louis, now you're going to see him on the opposite side with the Cubs. A lot of curiosity. He, he, has, he could not have made a stronger first impression. Obviously, you're going to win the press conference when you have his ability to communicate. But what are the Cubs getting overall as a player, as a person in Dansby Swanson? He's a Cub now, so I hate his guts. <laughs> um, no, uh, well, look, number one, uh, you are getting an incredibly high-character person. I think you guys uh, figured that out in the first uh, or second time he met with the media, right? Uh, and character counts for me. Uh, you are talking about a guy who all he cares about is winning. That's all Dansby cares about. He cares about doing it the right way. He cares about representing his team, his organization, himself, his family with the utmost class and respect. He does not make excuses when things go poorly and when things are going well. He's always quick to uh, deflect that praise and give it to his teammates because he understands it is about a team game. Uh, I think Dansby has evolved as a player. Uh, he is a terrific defender. He's always in the right place at the right time, it seems. Uh, for fans, even in Chicago, uh, he's kind of like a modern version of Jeff Blauser. I mean, Jeff, I don't think, got a lot of credit in, in Chicago in the early days 
uh, in 98, for example, but he was a a stabilizing force on that team. He was in the lineup every day, put together good at bats, drove in enough runs, made all the plays, and was a steady guy who knew how to win. And the parallel I would make from the outside looking in is you may have signed Dansby a year or two too early, just like you did John Lester, but the lessons he's going to teach that young team now should start to pay off and pay dividends in the next couple of years. And if they do, uh, you know, Dansby Swanson is a guy that I think will be right at the front of a parade down Michigan Avenue, which uh, I think is, is what uh, the, the Ricketts family signed him for, is to be that kind of guy to bring the winning culture back to the Cubs that he inherited from Atlanta. I couldn't be happier for him and his family. He's a great guy, and uh, you know, I hope he has a lot of success except for the 12 times he plays us. <laughs> Chip Carey, our guest for a few more minutes on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David on Bruce. We're here with you talking baseball and Inside the Clubhouse 52 weeks out of the year, we hope, in 2023. Chip, uh, when you uh, look at the rule changes, what is most significant about what how the game is going to change in 2023 to you? Which rules do you look at and say, uh, this is a real game changer back to where we need to go? I think the pitch clock is going to be is going to be extremely helpful. Um, you know, nobody who cares about baseball cares about the time of game. It's the pace of game, right? Uh, we are living in a society now, as you all know, where TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and something that's 15 seconds old is now old news. And uh, the pace of baseball, yes, while pastoral, and yes, it's supposed to be back to a a long-ago time where people went to the ballpark and forgot the troubles of the world. That's not happening. People are consuming media very, very quickly and consuming their entertainment very quickly and very rapidly. And expecting folks to sit through a a three-and-a-half-hour game in 95-degree heat is a big ask. So anything we can do to increase the pace of game, to get more action in the game, I think has a chance to be very, very uh, successful. Uh, I like the idea of the bigger bases. Uh, you know, maybe it will increase stolen base attempts, get the pitcher, catcher, base runner, batter, uh, cat and mouse game back involved. Maybe we'll see less three outcome stuff. Uh, the shift thing, I, you know, I, I look at it from two sides of the same coin. One, you should be able to put your defenders wherever you want. But two, why are we dumbing down the game and not having guys learn to hit the ball the other way and not just hit home runs? Well, because that's how they get paid. Um, so all of those things, I think, taken in, in – um, in, in a collective manner are going to impact the game very, very interestingly this year. What's going to be fun is to see how teams and players try to exploit those changes and what the, un- uh, what the unexpected consequences are going to be. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to work or not. I was very much anti-DH when it came about, but after watching guys like Mike fulton try to hit, I said, my God, we needed a DH 20 years ago <laughs> in, the, uh, in the National League, and I was proven wrong on that. And the things I'm worried about or maybe don't think are going to work, probably I'll be proven wrong again. So let's see how it plays out. Uh, every other league changes its rules, changes the way the game is played or officiated over time. Who says baseball can't do the same? It's still baseball, and if we can speed the game up and make it more entertaining for the fans, ultimately whatever these changes are are for them, and hopefully they'll like them. Let's look on the field, Chip. The St. Louis Cardinals won 93 games and the division last year. And in this offseason, their biggest move, besides you, of course, was adding Wilson Contreras. <laughs> and I think the other two big moves were embracing the status quo, bringing back Adam Wainwright, bringing back Nolan Arenado. Have, hasn't been a lot of activity beyond the Contreras signing. Where are the Cardinals in terms of expectations heading into spring training a couple weeks away? Is it just going to be another one of those foregone conclusions that they enter the season expecting to win the division? 
I think so. Uh, that's the, that's the way the Cardinals have always operated. They're one of the teams that says, "Look, we're either competing for a World Series or it's a bad year." Uh, John Mozeliak's done a remarkable job there with the the way their the franchise has been built. And look, I'm approaching this very much as an outsider now. I'm trying to catch up as we speak. But they remind me a lot of the Braves. They have a terrific farm system. They give their young players a chance at the major league level. They're not afraid to deal from that minor league capital to go get what they need, as you saw at the trade deadline last year and in seasons past. I think the biggest question for the Cardinals uh, going into this year is starting pitching. You mentioned Adam Wainwright. How much does he have left in his age 40 or 41 season? Can Michaelis and Flaherty and Montgomery and others step in and pick up the load and be workhorses and make their 30-plus starts and go out there every day? for the Cardinals. They don't have a true number one as we think of them uh, in that rotation, but what they've got is pretty good. But as I said, uh, Mo has shown in the past, he's not afraid to go out and try to get that kind of guy. Um, They're going to draw three and a half million fans. Money's not an issue. Going out and getting those players shouldn't be an issue. I wouldn't think. Uh, But look, it's going to be a three team race. I think it's going to be the Cubs. It's going to be the Cardinals. It's going to be the Brewers. And the fact that St. Louis last year feasted on the division in some ways is going to hurt them this year. They don't have those extra 24-25 games against so-called weaker foes in the National League Central because of the new schedule. Cardinals are going to have to earn it. It's going to be a little harder for them to get to 90 or 93 wins this year. But with that offense, with the cornerstones they have at the infield corners and now Contreras behind the plate, uh, I think St. Louis is going to have a really, really good team. It'll be a fun team to cover. How do you look at the new schedule? And, uh, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about it myself. David and I have talked about it a little bit. We will continue to talk about it more as we move toward and into spring training. But from the perspective of, uh, yeah, it's going to be great that all the fans are going to see all the stars in their ballpark within two years, regardless of the league. That's great. I, I don't know if 12 or 13 games in your division is enough. So, I'm looking for perfection. I'm not finding it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I like the new schedule. I, I, again, I think it's a matter of marketing our sport. Uh, Mike Trout has played exactly one series in his big league career against the Braves, and that series was in Atlanta. Think about that. Arguably the best player in the game, at least he was until he's been hurt. Our fans never saw him. The other time that they had a chance to see him play, both he and Freddie Freeman got hurt the weekend before the Braves were supposed to go to Anaheim. Uh, look, you've got to market your stars. You've got to get them in front of eyeballs. It doesn't make sense that Shohei Otani doesn't see the Braves or that they in, in Anaheim don't get to see Acuna Albies and when he played there, Freddie Freeman. I am in favor of this. I think it's a really, really good thing. It makes the schedule a lot more fair instead of you know, feasting on a weaker division in the other league. Everybody has to play everybody, which is the name of the game, and I think it makes those divisional games much more important. Uh, if I were commissioner, and thank God I'm not, Um, I hope that we'll see in our lifetime a couple more teams. I think we need to get to eight, 14 divisions. I think baseball needs to realign geographically and economically. And if you do that and do it in a smart way, you ensure that small market teams have a chance to get into postseason play, which is obviously a big challenge with the big spending Dodgers and the Yankees and the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Phillies and the like dominating the free agency markets. But, again, baseball is evolving before our very eyes, and I I think you have to do that. You have to adapt because, let's face it, our game isn't the same game that we saw in 1970. It's never going to be, and I think that we can all enjoy the way that it was played back then, but comparing eras of baseball is just as dangerous as comparing players in different eras. 
you know, Jeff Bagwell was one of the great players in the era in which he played. And to place him in the same lineup as Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig or Ted Williams isn't fair to either side because the game was played so, so differently back then, just using that as an example. So I like it. I'm excited about it. I think it's new. I think we can all use a little change and getting a chance to see players and teams and ballparks that uh, we haven't seen or don't see, but every six years uh, is something I think a lot of us are very excited about. Chip, great to talk to you, but quickly before you go, if your twin sons are done celebrating Georgia's national championship yet, where are they headed for this baseball season? (laughs) Well, they better make it three in a row or they're out of the will. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, they're headed to Amarillo. They'll be doing uh, the Amarillo Sod Poodles again, the Arizona Diamondbacks double-A team. Uh, they're doing a great job. The city of Amarillo's really embraced them. We're grateful for that. Uh, they, they were thrown into the fire last year right out of college and finished up remotely while they were broadcasting double-A games. So they'll have a much better feel for it, and I'm so proud of them as broadcasters, but I'm even prouder of them as people. Their mom, Susan, uh, my wife, has done just an amazing job in my absence while I'm off saying ground ball somewhere. So uh, they're great kids, great people. Hopefully somebody will give them a shot, and hopefully we can keep this uh, family business going. There's a fourth generation and they've got a little brother, too, who's 14 and likes to broadcast off his iPad, too. So we're like the flu virus, man. You can, you can keep us down, but you can't eradicate us forever. So we'll see where it takes them. I'm really, really proud of them. Great stuff, Chip. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you all. We'll see you this summer, okay? All right. Thank you so much. Chip Carey, the new broadcaster for the St. Louis Cardinals, going back home, St. Louis native, returning to the city to call games for the Cardinals. Always great to catch up with Chip Carey because uh, just an all-around good guy, Bruce, and and you can hear it in his voice, enthusiastic about the homecoming that this season will represent. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that analogy, though, of the flu virus, but uh, from from everything else, Chip Carey's, uh, whether you, you loved his broadcast, you thought it was okay, you didn't like it, really didn't matter. Chip Carey, one of the class guys in our game, one of the class guys in broadcasting, one of the class people. And it's always a pleasure to welcome him on this show, David. Uh, I know, uh, you know, you have an affinity for him as well. He's just a terrific guy. And I, it's going to be fun to watch the rivalry and him broadcasting uh, Cardinal games along with uh, him on TV, John Rooney on radio. You know, a lot of Chicago connections there for sure. While he's headed to St. Louis. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When we come back, we'll look at who might be Chicago-bound. One of our favorite segments next and inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That you all should know Chicago is the greatest place I ever know I'm going to stay in this town I'm going to live in this town I'm going to live in Chicago It's the greatest place around The Cubs and Sox are off for the winter But inside the clubhouse starts the hot stove discussion now David and Bruce take a look at which free agents and trades the Cubs and Sox should explore Will they trade for a top pitcher or player? Is free agency the way the North and South Siders go? Who's on David Ross or Pedro Grafol's wish list? You help them make the call 312-644-6767 And Elvis Andrews toasts this ball deep to left field and there is your first run to the third deck of the Western Metal Supply Company. That ball was torched. Yeah, I mean, he got what looked like a high fastball and almost tomahawked it out of the ballpark. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. Yes, Elvis Andrews hit a home run on September 2nd. That was the highlight, but Bruce... What Elvis Andrews did in coming to the White Sox and playing 43 games on the south side, the accidental White Sox, if you will, was he provided a level of stability that was lacking with Tim Anderson's injury. He gave them a professionalism. He gave them a spark. Where is Elvis Andrews, and why is he not on the White Sox payroll? I guess they do not want to go back to the future here, uh, and, and that's the only way I can look at it. He's still out there, right? Uh, he still has not signed a contract. So from, from that perspective, he's available. Uh, they are insistent that they're going to go with their younger guys, uh, okay? Uh, you know, you like Sosa. When he came up early, he didn't hit, but he still has a good pedigree. Uh, they have a couple other guys that are uh, looking to take that job. They, they certainly... Still have Leori uh, looming, even though a lot of people aren't thrilled about that. He had a bad year last year, injury-plagued, and not good when he was on the field. So there, there is a hole there, as, as you uh, continually bring up, and, and you're not wrong about it. I would just say that uh, I, don't, I just don't know if they want to go back to him. I, I don't see why not. Uh, I, I see no reason now to, uh, to afford, especially to fortify situation between Anderson uh, behind Anderson if something does go wrong you know you have a veteran there that can can handle that I think I need to clear some things up this has now been thrown back at me a couple times Lenin Sosa is not necessarily my guy Lenin Sosa was a guy that Bruce you're rolling your eyes but look when I was pushing for Lenin Sosa it was because Josh Harrison started flat he was supposed to be the answer. He was more of a question. And at that point in time, the White Sox needed to wake up from their slumber that had gone on too long. That was a solution to a problem. Now here's the problem. This is the offseason. You vowed to upgrade a position that remains a weakness, second base. I don't know if Lenin Sosa is proven himself to the point where you trust him going into 
2023, you've got one rookie in right field. I don't know that you want another one at second base. This internal option stuff sounds like a cop-out to me. If you are serious about contending and unseating the Cleveland Guardians, you need proven veterans. You need experience. I don't know why you don't need Elvis Andres. Or Glaber Torres. Uh, that's one area that I <laughs> failed to ask Brian Cashman about, knowing that he has two rookies that they want to put in the uh, lineup every day. They still have, um, they still have other veterans, tremendous amount of veterans in the middle infield area and, and the corners uh, that are there. So they have excess infielders. I think that uh, uh, even Kiner Falefa, the, uh, the Yankee shortstop for most of last year, might be a good look at second base for the White Sox if a trade was made. And we heard about the close relationship between uh, uh, Kenny Williams and uh, Brian Cashman. The, the teams have made uh, deals before. So from that perspective, uh, you know, maybe Rick Hahn will want to uh, look at one of those extra outfielder, infielders there for the White Sox. There, there was rumors a month ago that Glaber Torres was going to be available. And the White Sox certainly seemed like the right destination as far as having a matchup for a player like that right now that's uh, another question altogether the question to me is glaring and pressing because of the fact that you are already committed to one rookie in the outfield oscar colas i just don't know if serious contenders can rely on two rookies in an everyday lineup and i think that is what you're asking for because essentially I do not want to have Lurie Garcia offered as a potential solution at second base as the everyday, uh, every, everyday uh, second baseman. That doesn't make any sense to me. You're not getting any better. So that, to me, is why second base is, remains such a question mark. Let's talk about Colas for a second, Bruce. You heard this week you were on a couple of Zooms, I believe, with White Sox organization members, everyone from Chris Getz, right, Justin Gershell. What insight did you gain about Oscar Colas, the, the rookie who is presumed to be the everyday right fielder for the White Sox beginning opening day in a few, in, in a few weeks, I suppose? Well, I think we do have sound, I believe, uh, from uh, Justin Gershell, if uh, uh, our great producer was able to get it. And uh, he'll let us know here if uh, he has that available. But what he did say uh, for sure, um, David, is that uh, – he feels that um, there's great leadership in Colas. Now, for people who don't know Colas, he's 24 years old. He played in Cuba. He was a free agent signing uh, that, uh, that was uh, significant for the White Sox. More importantly, he also played in Japan. Okay, so he, he is a professional uh, by other standards. He's 24, and he'll come in as a rookie. But I think he's going to be a seasoned rookie playing for the White Sox. So I, I have a little bit more assurance there. But... The one thing that Gershel said about Colas, which really resonated to me, was the fact that uh, he was a leader among his teammates. He was a leader among the Latin American players uh, in the organization. As you remember, uh, the White Sox had that uh, great experiment where they brought a lot of their young players to Birmingham from the other uh, uh, sites toward the end of the year and, and just had them all playing at Birmingham. And uh, he saw as the manager of Birmingham last year, Churchill saw that Colas had an impact on those players. So I was, I was interested in hearing that. And I, uh, 
I, I, you don't hear that much about guys that are going to be going in that are rookies. So I feel a little bit more confident about him, his 24 home runs, his 79 RBI, his 895 OPS at three different levels last year. I feel I feel a little bit more confident about him as a rookie than I do just the general guys that are showing up for the first time. And let's face it, you trust his age a little bit more. 24 years old. This is a young man and certainly a rookie by definition, but he isn't somebody that you necessarily worry about being phased by the responsibility that comes with or the attention that comes with being a major leaguer, a rookie in Chicago, whatever glare that represents, because this is a professional uh, athlete who has spent a year in Japan, those transitions, a couple years in Japan, and has been hyped since coming over as the Cuban Otani. This is not somebody who is going to be phased, I think, I guess I guess we won't know until we find out, but I don't think that the spotlight necessarily will be something that sees him wither, Bruce. I think that he will be somebody that is going to be professional in his approach, and if he does hit like he did at three different levels, the White Sox will be very happy with Oscar Colas in right field. I worry much less about Oscar Colas in right field than I do, say, Romy Gonzalez at second base, or my guy, Lenin Sosa, at second base. <laughs> nice of you to admit it, that it's your okay. guy. <laughs> you explained it very well that uh, it was in the moment and you were prodding uh, Mr. LaRusa to do some things here and get that young guy to get a little something going there. That was before Andres showed up and uh, did what he did. But again, I think they could do worse than uh, signing Andrews and letting one of those young players go back to the minor leagues and continue to uh, hone his skills. And if he comes back to Chicago, I think that would be a wise investment for the White Sox, maybe plan B, C, or D, but that's okay. And if he joins Oscar Colas, they will be getting a mature professional, and that is the gist of what Justin Gershell the uh, minor league manager for uh, the Charlotte Knights had to say this week when evaluating Oscar Colas. Yeah, he can uh, he can do a lot of things. He can impact the game in a lot of different ways in a, in a positive way. Um, you know, everything he does um, is is next level, and, and he can take you. He can carry a team um, both offensively and defensively. He brings. He's another guy that brings a ton of energy. He's a competitor. He wants to win. He comes. He shows up every day wanting to win. Um, you know, the, his teammates love him. Like I said, he's. You know, I know when he's going good, he's he's constantly smiling, having fun, um, and and obviously things come a little bit more naturally for him. Um, but he's a spectacular talent, and excited to see what's in store for him coming up. That was Justin Gershell the minor league manager for Charlotte Knights, his assessment of Oscar Colas. Bruce, good to hear from him. Also this week, the White Sox made the announcements about some different managerial roles in the organization. One name that really stood out to me. Can you guess which one I'm going to say? I might. It might be Patrick Leland. Yes. It might be Patrick Leland. We know uh, the son of uh, Jim Leland, the great soon-to-be at some point Hall of Fame manager who uh, – uh, was around for a million years. Uh, his son, Patrick, who played uh, minor league baseball for a while and then has been in the White Sox system uh, the last few years, is a minor league manager, I believe, at Winston-Salem. Canapolis. Canapolis, right. Is it Canapolis? Yes, 31 right. years old. Yeah, that's yeah. young 
to be getting that responsibility, but he does come from good bloodlines. You wonder how uh, his aspirations are. My sense is that if he's at this level, at this stage, he's highly thought of in an organization that knows what uh, what you know he can do and, and knows all about his father, certainly like, like every baseball fan. I wonder how quickly he will ascend. Well, uh, I, I would imagine quickly. And uh, I think during spring training, we'll reach out and, and talk to uh, Patrick Leland and see uh, – what he's all about. I know he's a he's a great kid, and I've known him since he was born. So, from that perspective, I'm looking forward to his career. And uh, David, when we come back, I'd like to. We didn't even talk about this off the air, but I'd like to talk about some White Sox broadcasters that officially are going to be back. Uh, sure, broadcasting we'll, the team. We'll get into that when we come back. Any phone calls? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Honestly, the whole year was like that. Yeah, it was. The whole year. I mean, we were like the Beatles. I told everybody that. It's like, really? Yeah, we had security everywhere. It was, it was, it was a special feeling. Yeah, that, that it was a feeling around around Wrigley and, and the Cubs that hey, just press play. That's what the boys used to say. Let's just press play because we know we, we we know we're the best team out there. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score, final segment. That was former Cardinal Dexter Fowler joining the Marquee Sports Network uh, in the studio. Former Cub, too, I suppose, Bruce, but uh, two years in Chicago. (laughs) I guess that qualifies him. But uh, all kidding aside, he will be introduced, I would imagine. Cubs legend, right? Cubs legend, Dexter Fowler. We were debating this on the morning show this week. If you lead off game seven with a home run and you do that little spin dance and it was one for the ages, I guess you are forever known as a Cub legend. Uh, the, I call him the Cubs' last leadoff man, because it, since he left, they really haven't. They really have struggled to identify somebody that will be the the number one hitter in their lineup. I, I don't know what David uh, Ross has in store for his lineup going into this season here, but I, I still still look at their lineup and go, hmm, who is the number one hitter? And maybe David, the expanded question to that is, does anybody care anymore? Is it just a a bunch of guys just hitting in a lineup, and uh, the manager puts the the best hitter that well, day he feels in different positions. MLB Network had the best two three hitters in baseball last night when they were ranking them as the new three four hitters because that's the way baseball has evolved. Leadoff hitters are not the same as as what they used to be. There are no Ricky Hendersons really out there any longer. But enough with the Cubs network and the broadcasting team on the north side. You want to talk Sox broadcasters, Bruce. You have a point to make about that. Yeah, Jeff Agris had a, an interesting article yesterday in the Sun-Times uh, about Jason Benetti and his contract uh, negotiations with the White Sox to return. And the fascinating part of uh, Jeff's story was that, you know, he had quotes from Jason in it. He had quotes from Brooks Boyer, the vice president uh, and uh big honcho for the Chicago White Sox, uh, talking about a contract that was already done. In other words, it was an option that the White Sox picked up. But what had to be done in the contract, which was fascinating, was that Jason, in the meantime, his career has ballooned and blown up 
to the point where he's one of the top broadcasters in the country, signing a big deal with Fox, and he needed more dates open to himself to be able to fulfill his Fox uh, commitment. So with that in mind, uh, the White Sox had to slice and dice the schedule to figure it out. And then there were some interesting quotes from Jason in there talking about uh, you know, some difficulties at times to get this option that the White Sox picked up uh, done. And it, I, I guess it all leads me to this, David. Do you think Jason Benetti is going to be a White Sox broadcaster for a long time? Or is this uh, option year the beginning of the end of his career here because of how he's blown up as a national broadcaster? Well, I think he's extremely talented. That goes without saying. I, I, people definitely uh, connect with Jason Benetti in a way that is, is worth celebrating and, and impossible to ignore. I, there's no way to predict his career. I mean, he has a lot of options. His versatility offers him those. You know, frankly, if you, you brought it up, I, I, I'm surprised. I guess I was surprised to read those kind of details included in a story about a contract negotiation that was over. So this is after the fact. This wasn't lobbying. I, I suppose that there was following through with uh, an initial report that was not necessarily accurate in terms of how far apart they were because of the reality was that it was just an option and it was he was coming back. So I guess from a, from a new standpoint, I, you don't see that very often, Bruce, contract negotiations that finished successfully and then the details played out in a story that is a follow-up. So that was the most surprising aspect of, of that for me. Jason Benetti can do whatever he wants because he is supremely talented right. and just an all-around good guy. Look, here's the history of great broadcasters, and Jason is on his trek toward being that, if, if not already there. Al Michaels started as a Cincinnati Reds broadcaster. Okay, Dick Enberg as a California Angels broadcaster. Uh, Kurt Gowdy as a Boston Red Sox broadcaster. What type of Hall of Fame uh, icons did they become as they transcended and had to leave their baseball behind because they were so good at so many different sports? And in the case of Jason, uh, I think we're seeing that reality right now that well, that he is going to be wanted by Fox and other networks if he eventually leaves well, there to be able Great. to do all of them. You know, again, you know, he always talks about the fact this was a, a, a dream come true being a White Sox fan growing up you know, on the south side of Chicago. But in reality, uh, you know, he might have to move on. Bruce, he doesn't have to move on, though. I think it would be – the only thing I think it would be a mistake is that the White Sox feel like they have to tether him to a certain number of games or make it conditional. They benefit when Jason Benetti is in the booth for Oklahoma-Iowa State. They benefit when Jason Benetti is in the booth on a Fox NFL Sunday or – or, or a national broadcast. It, they benefit by his, their association with one of the best young broadcasters in, in the game, in any sport. So I don't know why you would want to resist that relationship, would do anything to impair that relationship. What you should be doing is embracing it and promoting him because when people see Jason Benetti, they see the White Sox announcer, and that is a relationship that benefits them and he is as good for the White Sox as the White Sox are for Jason Benetti. Yeah, you know, again, it's a continuity of broadcast, David. Simply, if, if you're going to end up missing 40 it, or 50 games a year, it, do you have the continuity in your broadcast that you want 
for your advertisers, for your fans. For that's overstated. Team. That that's totally overstated. Well, that, to me. That's that's your opinion. I and, and I you asked appreciate. What did we weigh in on this? I didn't no, want no, to weigh I in on this. It. You asked me this. I appreciate it. I I I I can't say that you're not right. I'm just saying because my opinion is is that continuity is really important in baseball broadcasts. And whether he's fantastic or not, I don't think is always the relevant part as the fact that you want the continuity of your broadcasters bringing the same broadcast every day. I think it's dated to think the audience is the same. If you have 50 games that someone else is doing it, you don't have that continuity. You're not going to have it anyway. It's not 1978. You're not going to have the same audience on a regular basis. You may want that, but every broadcast is its own enterprise. And so you have to try to do, you have to win that night, tonight. And the best way to do that is to get your most quality people in the booth as often as you can. If that's 102 games, that's 102 wins. I don't think you have to worry about the other 60, not him not being there. Find a way to replace him adequately. Okay. That's a strong opinion from my oh, partner. Oh, jeez, Bruce. You a got me in the corner opinion. here. I come out <laughs> was, fighting now. You know, this is, this is fantastic. I think... I think you win. You know, you win this uh, this uh, debate here. I, I just feel that Jason uh, is going to move on after this, and and I think a lot of people will miss him. But you know, broadcast White Sox broadcast will continue on. I'm getting ahead of myself here, I know, but uh, again, your opinion that you express and your thoughts, pretty strong. Thanks, Bruce. It was a great show. Brian Cashman, Chip Carey. Really good baseball voices, real strong opinions, really fun to talk to them. And thank you for lining both of those guys up because that is all you. And and, uh, on our second anniversary of the Inside the Clubhouse show on Saturday mornings, I want to celebrate Bruce Levine. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, David. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also, our website, 670score.com, where I write about the White Sox Cubs all the time. Next week, our spring training preview show. Do not miss it. David, looking forward to it. Have a great week. I'm preparing now, and if I'm not here, somebody gets a uh, replacement for me, I still think it will be a great show, Bruce. It will be a terrific show. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.